Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by the farm chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two, whilst occasionally sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing with this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 17th of July 2023. St Swithin's Saturday, the rain is forecast, so superstitious people amongst you 40 days after St Swithin's it rains every day Uh, I think 2023 is going to be a really annoying difficult harvest sometimes I'm optimistic and cheerful and sometimes I'm not and sometimes I'm realistic and right now I think this is going to be a very difficult harvest we've started badly The good bit is, I suppose, most of the barley's come in around about 14.5% moisture, so it's there or thereabouts. The nitrogens are low, probably a reflection on how much nitrogen's put on nowadays. Um, But the problem with the winter barley, winter malting barley, is the retention. And the molsters have moved their goalposts, or they're hinting that they probably will. So where 85 was the, the purchasing level, they will be buying on 85 with allowances below that. And I think they will end up taking it, most of them, down to 75 although the official line at the moment is 80. So we have got 80-plus uh, barley in our, in our storage bins for some of the contracts we've got, and we've got sub-80 down to 75 in what we're calling the resurrection bin, which um, in, in most years at our central stores we have a resurrection bin. Sometimes we can save the day, and it turns into malting again, and sometimes we have to write it off. But instead of just calling it feed instantly and kicking it into touch... Uh, or more importantly, calling it feed and putting it in the bin, and then it turns out right, and we make all the money. We put it aside and say we're going to try and make that into malting, and I think the stuff 75 plus will probably make it. Below that, historically, we've tried that, and molsters give you promises that they'll take it, and then it doesn't come true, and you end up with something that's thin, and you never get, you never seem to be able to screen it up, no matter how hard you try. So there's the starting place. It's a miserable start to harvest. Uh, on top of that, we've got old crops still moving out, and the molsters have been slow at, at clearing their stocks. They stuffed themselves with what, what we call a champagne crop from last year, which is sensible, but it's left, you know, not much space at intake, and at some point during harvest, they're going to struggle with some of their harvest movement contracts. On top of that, we've got futures wheat still in store, and the way the market is evolving, this weather forecast, the traders begin to realise that it is going to be um, dragging into probably August when we see an abundance of new crop wheat. So all of a sudden, the hot topic is uh, first week August wheat prices and there's some serious premiums in there and if you remember we spoke about penalty rents on our futures a couple of weeks ago it's because we're not too aggressive on that we're reasonably fair the first three days we're kind of 50 pence per ton and it's you know physically worth it for the people who are running stocks to actually do that with the premiums they're getting paid for the first week august so i do expect unfortunately that most of our future stores are also going to go into um into august which is very annoying anyway 
assuming that we will clear all of those out by the last few days of the first week of August, then all is well because the bulk of the harvest isn't really going to hit us until after then anyway, and it gives us time to clean down those outstanding bins. But it's just one of the occupational hazards of being a, a store manager, but which most traders, I think they miss out by not having stores. I think most of the fun of harvest is actually getting grubby and doing stuff that helps people out, that, you know, you you, you can just, you're more flexible and, and you kind of feel like you're working hard you know going home at five on a friday in the middle of harvest because there's nothing else much you can do lovely you go and play your golf or your cricket or your whatever you're doing but it isn't quite the same as getting knackered on a saturday helping shoveling out a bin or something i don't know there's something very good about physically being involved in the product that you're trading i just recommend it it's a it's a healthier life despite breathing in dust and having farmer's lung anyway cheerfully moving on let's get on to prices first things first oilseed rates been going up and we think it's got more in it so we are pressing 375 for harvest movement i think on this occasion our advice last year was hideous but this year right now i'd sit with it i think we're going to get to 400 so i think when we get there we will do some i'm not going to mess around this time but yeah i think it's definitely good advice to sit with that moving on to another subject milling wheat we said a few weeks ago don't sell it the forecast is wrong ask the person who called this jet streams getting stuck which is where we're at so don't sell it that's been good advice already the premium's going up lots of europe's had rain there is a problem the millers if they've sat on their hands are making a mistake this this is a problem crop this season and it's going to have a problem with its hagberg as a miller customer of ours our favorite miller you know if you can get some cover of some description i would suggest you do that i think having been a milling wheat trader in the past in difficult harvests 85 and 87 when i was at dalgetty's in those days we could trade it by buying um, lbbm or ltr which is the liverpool market or the london market and you could speculate and you could make money out of it uh, I would be buying the hell out of it right now. I'd just be paying up whatever it took, £5 up on last last trade. I would buy it, buy it, buy it, because I know there's going to be a problem with Hagbergs on this, this coming crop. So moving on to um, the actual base of the of the milling wheat market, the feed wheat market. As I explained, the old crop, July's kind of done and dusted, but the first few days of August, there's a few people with commitments on equal daily quantity sales into consumer. Those are going to be fought for. So one or two people begin to pay up for that. So if you've got some old crop wheat, you will probably be able to push someone to pay something like, I don't know, at current value first week August movement, 176x. That's quite, that's, that's the best part of, you know, 16 quid above the, the, the bottom. So that's a reasonable rally. Yes, it, it, it's rubbish compared to the crazy prices we had during the, earlier on in the season, but it is a rally. And if you compare that directly with X farm value for, say, November uh, currently, so 176 for first week August movement in comparison to as available movement when the new crop starts coming and it's, you know, free-flowing, that's going to be about 170x or 175 delivered store. And... If you take November, it's going to be at 180x. So if you physically move it first week of August, 176, that's a better price than 180 because it's gone. You haven't got to mix two crops together and you've got cash in the bank. So it's it's a good value. Um, and the forward price for probably May is going to be 190x, which is pretty good, isn't it? Come on, it's getting there again. Feed barley, spot, harvest movement, no boats of note. It's 140x across the board. It's not really going to make anyone any money taking it into store. If you've got a consumer buyer, you might net a quid or two more than that. 
If you can't hold on to it, then I'm afraid to close your eyes and let go. There isn't more feed barley about with this low retention stuff on the winters. What we don't know is what's going to happen with the springs. So I would say feed barley, 140x. If you were able to hold it to November, you'd make 20 quid more. So there's the benefit of owning storage, despite the cost. Um, so which moves us on to the malting barley market, which is the kind of hot one at the moment. Now, we have got high-priced sales and we have got high-priced purchases. What we do as a business is if someone has delivered a sample in that is clearly thin and failing and it's a high-priced purchase, the, the truth is that stuff is feed. You know, it's not going to make it. It's feed. That's that's the, the, the difficult bit to digest. We get that. So we would say it's worth 140x to move it and that's very heartbreaking. However, what we also do is, let's say they've sold it at 280, we will turn around and buy it at whatever the market value is to replace it. Now, that issue in itself, it's kind of started this week at 200x for winter barleys, and it was trading happily there for people who needed to move it. Very quickly, some bids started appearing at more money than that. And, and the people who are buying it, normally we don't lose out to at harvest time, so we saw 210x, which, you know, okay, that, that, that wasn't too bad. But then we saw 220x for some samples of really bold stuff. And clearly the people who are able to pay that are people who have got sales that they're filling in to capitalise on the high price sale they've got, where they've had one of their farmers fail and they want to get a replacement and lock into a 60 or £70 profit, which is great, but it distorts the market a bit. So... I think if you have perfect winter malting barley, it is somewhere in the range of 210x with the occasional person paying a bucket load more money than that. A lot depends on you know the nerves at the moment. The malters are playing sort of cool hand loop type face. You know, I don't care. I've got loads. It's fine. But there's a you know a bit of a weather forecast of 50 to 60 mile an hour winds on Saturday having followed Friday's worth of rain, rain, rain and more rain. And the spring barley crop must be now getting full weight. You know, it's sappy. Grain fill happened because of the rain two weeks ago and you're going to get some pretty steamy winds on it. I think potentially Monday morning, you know, the whole world could be feeling a lot more alive about um, about malting barley prices. Now, if it isn't knocked about too much and the weather does kind of ease up a bit and we can get into the spring barley crop and Europe has a reasonable weather pattern, uh, I'm bearing in mind in southern Europe we've got a severus heat wave that's going to, like, kill people and then there's another one following that, which I can't remember its name, but Dante's Inferno or whatever it is of hell, you know, the various names they're coming up with for this killer heat isn't going to come our way which is another thing that lends me to think that it's high pressure down there and a low pressure coming over us continuously, which has implications for Scandinavia and Denmark as well. So I, th I think the malting barley market is on a very nervous sort of tenterhooks type mood. I think that, uh, yeah, I would suggest that it's certainly not something I'd rush into selling unless I had to. Prices for winter malt and barley at 220 are technically, if it is as high as that, an £80 premium. Now, we're comfy at 210x. Like that kind of works with, with some of the malters that are backing us. We can't get any further backing than that. 
but I don't really feel like chasing it at the moment, so it's, a, it's too much of a risk. But a 70 to 80 pound premium overfeed barley is historically fantastically good. And, you know, let's remember a few weeks ago, a certain firm was telling you how wonderful 60 and 50 pound premiums were, and they were encouraging farmers to sell it because it's such a good premium. The reality is it's now turned into a 20 pound more of a premium, and it's very clear it's malting barley that is in demand and has the threat of the weather over it. Clearly, if the malting barley fails because the weather makes it pre-germ split or get crushed into the ground and start growing in the field or whatever the misery is that it could happen, then there's an abundance, an even bigger abundance of feed barley, which doesn't help the feed barley price in the future. So those are all what-if miseries as opposed to reality miseries. We'll worry about them in real life when it actually gets there. But you have to consider those things and you have to put that into your risk matrix and you have to make a decision. So I suspect one or two of the monsters who are a little more experienced are probably going to pay a little bit more money in the short term until they get clarity about the quality of the crop. And at which point the price will then drop. But uh, if the weather is kind enough to give a good quality harvest. There we are. So if you understand all of that and you uh, don't feel like getting drunk and, uh, and being miserable about the weather and all the other things going on, then uh, have a great week. I do hope you can get your combine harvester out and you can get as much into the store. And I also hope that uh, one of our stores whose dryer isn't working is, is suddenly fixed and works again. And so we can have a big sigh of relief with that one. Anyway, thank you very much. Catch you next week. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what Doing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Doing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download. And with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at doinggrain.co.uk. And now it's time for the farm chat. Okay, so the Doing Grain podcast today is we're going to do a little helicopter flight and we're taking off from Itchingham with Keith Piggott, our local expert pilot who's going to keep us all alive. And we're going to have a look, see who combines in a straight line and just try and get a feeling as to what happens next, if there's any patches in the fields or, I don't know, see how far harvest has got. We're going to fly down through Broadland towards sort of Beckles and then back around the other side of Norwich. So we'll be back on when the engine's going. Cheers. Right, we did the intro of we're going on a helicopter and then we tried to record some stuff in midair and bluntly, it's incredibly noisy. Ian and I were the people went in the helicopter. You liked that, didn't you, Ian? I loved it. I wasn't expecting to like it, but yeah, it was awesome. If you little taste what it sounds like, when you're sitting there with your earphones on, you think, well, this is, you know, great. Everyone will be out here and we make these funny little comments about what we can see underneath our feet. In reality, the, when you actually take your earphones off, it's incredibly noisy, isn't it? We were fully rigged up with a mic system, and I wasn't expecting to be anything as loud as that. I mean, it's a very cool, yeah, it's a very cool helicopter. What make is it? Is it I mean, it was a little four-seater. This is a flavour of what it sounds like on my mobile, because we took some videos as well, which is quite interesting. But just if, if you can hear that. And that is 
obviously, when you actually, I was talking out loud on the microphone with that in the background. You mm. couldn't hear a word of it because you, you know he's about I tried to record because I was recording from the back seat and I tried to record four snippets. And yeah, it's a bit of a shame because the what we did see from the air was really interesting. That's the point. So, I mean, the first observation I would have is that we took off from a place called Itching and we flew over Hailsham to buzz the tower. Did you? Then we flew over each other's houses just yeah. so we could, you That's know, cool. just show that. And Saw then my wife in the garden. Yeah. Apparently yeah. my dad was cutting the grass and he gave me a two-fingered salute. If I couldn't see that. Yeah, I knew he made a joke about oh. is he wearing a bikini and sunbathing. She she waved at yeah. her. She did, yeah, yeah, I could see her waving. Anyway, that was brilliant. I mean, we, it was, I loved going over here because it's actually quite interesting seeing mm. the site from the air. Looks from the air that we're bigger than Frontier, probably are. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, they've got a bigger site. They have got a bigger got site, capacity, I know. That was brilliant. But also, I mean, the observations of the crops, the areas, there was a real take home that there didn't seem to be that much winter barley. That was what I was going to say. The first thing, the observation is that there isn't the acreage of winter barley. No, not at all. There's an enormous acreage of wheat. Yeah. And I thought there was a reasonable amount of spring barley. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Rapeseed was, you know, hit and miss. It was limited amount. Sugar beet looked really gruesome in some fields. It, didn't it? It, I mean, it, it really looked awful. I mentioned this to a few mates and they're like, oh, right, not with us. But then I think I don't know what... From the road, you look across and you think, oh, that's, yeah. that's coming on nice. It's got plenty of rain. It's growing plenty of green leaf. You can't see any gaps. I but thought that. I thought there were some howlers on, on our way down. Well, it's had a very yeah. difficult year, isn't it? Those weather patterns have had an influence on other crops as well. I mean, it's clear... Well, we know now about samples coming in, but let's focus on what we saw from the air. So no winter barley, not as many acres of winter barley. We didn't go right out to the coast, which possibly could have a bit more tonnage. Yeah. But largely it's wheat, spring barley, and lots of it. And as you got further south, we went over our Cantley site, yep. and the new bins were just put up. They're now commissioned, by the way, everybody. Mm. So there's nice, shiny new bins at Cantley to fill. Mm. We went over the Cantley Sugar Wheat Factory. I wasn't too sure. I did ask Keith who helicopter it was and said, I just wondered whether that would be a no-go, you know, flyover. Zone. What, over the Sugar Beet Factory? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I really, it was great going over. What, big facility. The parent company didn't want to see it was out the back there. Those big May sort of limey areas and yeah. sort of very dodgy lakes. There were, mm. weren't there? Yeah. yeah, but we don't want to talk about that, do we? And then across the marshes, obviously, yeah. of which there's an abundance of lots of people holiday-making. That is a beautiful part of Norfolk. Norfolk Broad. amazing, yeah. Waiting for the tide to come in. Seeing all the cows out on the marshes and, yeah, so, yeah, really nice spot. But down into North Suffolk, there's flat wheat. We'll put some pictures up on our social media of what? some of the things we saw. This might be a bit too much, but put a lot of the images up and people might be able to spot their fields from the air. Yeah, I mean, the route we took, yes, I say, Itchingham, Aylsham, we went over Worcestershire, we went through over Ludham, yeah. over South Walsham, yeah. straight down the Cantley Sugar Beet route from South Walsham to the Cantley factory, if you like, yeah. and then straight across you went through Hardley to the left of Loddon, yeah. And then down yeah. straight towards Beckles. So if you're in that area, some of the video that we took will cover that. Yeah. We, we sort of turned them off and took pictures and stuff in between, yeah. didn't we? And then when we came back, the heliport at Beckles, you stop for a cup of tea as you do. It's a bit trendy. It's cool, isn't it? Really cool. Uh, anyone going down that way towards Latitude and they're thinking, oh, I'll get to Latitude and buy a, an overpriced pizza. It's a little bit alternative. I mean, it's just very trendy, like very, yeah. yeah. There's sort of Bedouin tent type eating area, yeah, and it's just yeah. it's a great cup of tea, and it was good, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, anyway. I did quite like the moment getting out of the helicopter and walking down the thing. You just thought, yeah. Hi, yeah, this is quite cool. 
Right. <laughs> Acting casual. <laughs> we really do need to go to some sort of dinner, don't we, in a helicopter, and we just yeah. get out and go, oh, right, right, Scotty. I think we should put a pad on the roof here, flat roof. Yeah, we'll just put an H on I know we don't have there. a helicopter, put but it'll make <laughs> us look a lot bigger than we are, wouldn't <laughs> it? <laughs> just a big white H. Might stop the leak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but taking off and coming back, there is some flat wheat. And, I, and with the thunderstorms we had last night, which is uh, Wednesday night, there was a rainbow over the bins here, which I've, I've sent across to the girls to put on our social media, to just saying, you know, it's a sign, send your grain here. Is that an all-inclusive sign? Is that getting modern with the times? No, no, it's like, you know, God, (laughs) this is where you need to go, boys. Don't go anywhere else. Pots of gold at the bottom, yeah. (laughs) So flat wheat. That was, yeah, significant enough to mention. The route we then took was we went over Beckles and we went to the south of Bungie. Topcroft was definitely one. So we hit the roundabout where the Hempmore turning, the roundabout on the A140, across to Wyndham. Yeah. Just to buzz the school where Molly was. That's right, yeah. Right. Hi, Molly. Went across Morley, then, and then cut back, well, pretty much across like Lemway, Great Witchium, that sort of like cut across then, didn't we? Yeah, which is a good circle of road. Like, we didn't get to the northwest of the county where it's been a bit drier and they've got a few thinner samples and it's a bit lighter land. But the observation is that there is a gap between the winter barley that's fit right now and the spring and wheat. And the rate isn't even... The, the green matter in, in the wheat, just they were green as green from there. So air. we're three to four yeah. weeks away from that. Although, you know, I don't know if we were going up to date, I just think things, these winter barley's caught people out. Loads of people were saying to me last Thursday, oh no, I've got 10 days before I'm cutting that. Mm. And then before you know it, on Monday they were cutting it three days later. Crops have shifted and passing a wheat that I did this morning, maybe it's disease pressure, but crop has changed dramatically quickly it was literally monday morning and they were green and the weather forecast you know we mentioned i mentioned on last week's podcast about the jet stream it's got stuck it's pushing you know weather daily we've got rain now that's not been an issue so far with the samples we've seen and the temperature is reasonably low but looking ahead i think yeah, I'm very, very anxious about it. But you've got a heat wave coming across. Well, the, yeah, I, c- I can't remember who in the office mentioned it, but we, I think it's Ben, even though it's been in the headlines. But Cerberus, the uh, heat wave starting in Italy at the moment, 45 degrees, kind of danger to life type weather. And then rolling through Spain is going to cop a lot of it, and then parts of Germany and France. And then it's the temper of it's going to be taken out by the time it gets to us. But potentially, from what I read, how accurate this is, but from the 23rd onwards, we might have a fortnight of mild heat wave there was a year when there was a massive heat wave in southern france i've talked about that over the years in in historical terms where people in france were dying because of the heat they ran out of more space no it wasn't and i think that the thing about the jet stream if it's stuck where we are and this must be high pressure coming across and the theory is that after the 23rd 24th it's going to be hot with us and we should be dry i'm not convinced i think you know it could very easily get stuck heat could get stuck in Europe. Mm. Now, it's too late to ruin the crop mm. because it's fit. Yeah, might hit their corn crop fairly hard, which is an issue. Yeah. But the wheat crop, they better cut it nice and dry, yeah. albeit a bit hot. But we very possibly could be, with the jet stream, holding it in place down there, just never getting that heat, never, more importantly, getting that dry weather. 
I sound like a miserable old git on this, I know that, but I've been around too long to know. I mean, on this week, the 15th of July is St. St. Swithin's. Yeah. And St. Swithin's is 40 days after that, it rains if it rains on St. Swithin's. It's going to rain on St. Swithin's. So, like, maybe the world's weather patterns are changing. <laughs> That's so yeah. cheerful. I was like, God. <laughs> I just, I'd love it if it was wrong and it broke and the heat yeah. comes through. That'd be lovely. I don't think today, from the forecast I was seeing, yes, we've had the rains, but not as much as what has been forecast. No. I think we've got away with it so far. We're going to have to turn the dryer on, aren't we? We've had some load over the yeah, I've got required some moisture. 15.5. There's some 17 percenters cut yesterday. Still, for what it's worth, I think it's their best cutting it. Well, with the weather forecast, it is, yes, it's going to rain every day. But certainly most of the stuff that's come in has been under 15, mm. not necessarily 14.5, which molsters really mm. want it to be if you're going to store it. But I think it is a good time to, to move on to this, the samples of winter barley that we've had. We have, at this moment, got a 60% success rate above 80 retained. And we've not got guidance from our molsters at all about what they're prepared to take no. it down to. We've read a suggestion from one, but no absolute concrete definition of what they're going to take down to, which if we were taking the contract at 85, which is what it's sold on, we would have only probably about... 40, 30 to 40% success. I didn't think it may be less than that. So the bulk of the crop is in that kind of 80 to 88 range. Yeah. But 40% of it is sub 80. That's it. Yeah. Curtains. Yeah. And And I'd say there's a lot sub 70 as well. I'd say clear 20 is sub 70. And over the years, we've tried to screen these things up and they never seem to improve. So you've got to bite the bullet on it. And it's not everybody's favorite conversation but the reality is it's a thin winter malting barley crop yeah and a lot of it is going to be kicked into touch now there's capacity for that to be kicked into touch if Mm. the spring crop comes in okay Mm. yeah so let's not worry i think it's a very confusing market though because i think if you took the malting barley market as a whole yes there's the failures but i don't see it as a bullish market but i think there's quite a bit of short covering there's people unfortunately getting defaulted on high price contracts you know that well, we've been blowing out the water on a couple of bids because someone's got contracts to replace and they're going to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, bluntly, if they're going to pay 10 quid over the market, well, there's, you know, I could have chucked away technically a tenner, but they're making a substantial amount because of the default on the contract. So it's like, you know, 50, 60, 70 quid margins yeah. you know, by someone not producing the goods, which is... Yeah, how come, how yeah. come that company can bid that yeah. much more money? Well, you know the answer. And so, it, unfortunately, <laughs> it's, you know, someone's getting screwed, but you're, that farmer X is getting a great price because his mate down the road hasn't made it and he's going to get absolutely shafted. But Well, the other question is, yeah. sh- should you be more aggressive for the good stuff right now? I mean, it, that's the debate. Mm. Without any, any actual support from your molster telling you what they want or, okay, go for it, you're kind of blind, aren't you? I compared notes the other day with a merchant in the trade and you know he's saying exactly the same thing as us you know he's he referenced 50 60 percent pass rate on winters and that's basis 80 he's referring to as a pass rate because that's where he believes that the, the industry or the trade will or should be going to which well, you know we're, again we're committed to that yeah, yeah. if it's 85 we're screwed we've had it yeah, boys, so I'll, I'll, yeah. let's just let, put yeah. that out there but I think we will be confidently trading stuff on an 80. But I think the thing that he, he also, it was the comment, was what happens if the springs follow suit? I think they'll emphasise, it's just whether it get the weather to, to cut it you know, dry and in good condition. The FOB value for spring barley has dropped a diddy bit on the back of European weather being a, improved, mm. but it's wafer thin. It could easily, there's a drought in Canada now, 
Yeah. Know? And two years ago, the Canadian harvest of malting barley was a complete disaster. And consequently, the whole thing went through the roof. Yeah. European barley went across to the States, you know, in, yeah, in yeah. abundance. So it, that is one to watch. And not that you can sit and watch the weather and every, but that is definitely a, an mm. issue. If that Canadian drought develops further and, and the barley gets yeah. hammered, and it must be uh, getting towards a critical stage. Yeah we could well have a market that really, really properly ignites. And, they, and the molster might turn around and say, well, what have you got in the winters? Nothing. It's gone out on a feed boat, mate. You didn't give it any thumbs up. So we touched on this. Matthew Adams made the point to me a few months ago about the real competition is the, is the two years' worth of growing wildflowers or birdseed mix, what yeah, we call absolutely, it. Yeah, yeah. That is a guaranteed profit for very little effort. People aren't going to grow rape. There isn't the necessity to have winter barley because the rape isn't going to be there. So consequently, we're looking at the real competition being government policy, not the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you take the winter barley off the pitch, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. I think we're heading for some trouble on it, uh, is my point. Uh, it is an instinct. The premiums for malting barley, in my view, should remain incredibly healthy because it's the malters have been a little bit too... I know they're my customers, I've been nice to them, but I think they've been a little bit too arrogant, load by load, mm. into a molster, oh, I'm kicking it out for this reason, I'm kicking it out yeah. for that reason. Yeah, it's not a game, and you, you need to have a perfect product. But if you can shove it onto a boat... I think, as, yeah, as you said, and I had this conversation the other day, but there's a lot of risk now of sending a load by load well, delivery down to a molster. It's not in spec, it's got to go. It's going to cost, it's going to cost 20 quid per load for a rejection or something... Yeah, for a spec versus putting it on a boat, actually. So, so I mean, what's a, so how load. much should you premium the domestic malting barley market by to take on that risk? Well, if there is going to be demand ongoing for malting barley on boats, yeah. and I think there will, I think this is a, is a Europe-wide issue. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think this, we're in for an interesting time. I think the molster, you know, has got a set of standards he wants to hit, but I think he's going to have to be a lot more friendly. They're very confident if the acreage is put in the ground. But if the acreage isn't put in the ground... There's been a lot of things contributing towards this. Is One haulage rate's going up. Now that, any rejection or redirection just becomes a misery. You know, it's serious money coming off the price. The fob market looks more and more appealing. Oh, and, and the other thing is that everyone's so crazy about carbon footprint. If you can't accept a commodity and do something to absorb it, surely there must be some form of carbon footprint price... You know, how many rejections did you have needs to be yeah. one of the questions yeah. about carbon footprint. That'll make you look at your supplier list. If you know if we're completely rubbish and, and keep getting rejected all the time, it might just be us cut us out of the loop yeah. by all means. If it is your intake and it is your attitude to rejections and, you know, awns, yeah. right, that means you've got to do bag some dust up or something, then hang on a minute, your carbon footprint has to count the 80 litres of diesel it took to travel to and back from your maltings. You know, that makes you look particularly ugly on the carbon yeah, footprint. Yeah. And there's a responsibility there. It's easy just to go, no, not in spec, goodbye. Yeah. I'm, I'm a molster. <laughs> yeah. You know, which yeah. is great, lovely place yeah. to be unless nobody bothers to sell it to you, mm. which we're not in that place yet. It's mm. Everyone's eager still. But, hey, wild bird fuck. It's not that cheery thought thinking about the year ahead, given that last year's barley was perfect and it didn't get in that easily to maltings. What have we got this year? I mean, we're you know the barley is far from perfect. We're trying to make it good, but you know, and, and there will be you know we're going to be using our dressing units and screening it and blah, blah blah all that stuff to make sure it's as good as it can be. But 
we're a long way off where quality was last year. We definitely are. Podcast this week has been, you know, we went up in helicopter to see whether that gave us a commercial advantage. It was interesting, you know, and we think that we've got an observation about the crop, about when it's going to be harvested. We think that we can see there's a very big wheat crop. I think the kilo weights won't be so good. We already know about the winter barley's having thin grain in 40% of it. And we already know there's a fairly big spring barley crop that looks pretty healthy, but is two to three weeks away at least. Um, so we've got a gap. The rate will probably be filling that gap, I guess, if the weather's kind enough. On the whole, it was a good decision, I think. To do that was actually gave us a firm opinion. It makes me feel bearish to wheat if I'm trading UK crop. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. at the moment, there's nothing happening because no farmer's selling it. But in three to four weeks' time, they will have to sell it. And who's going to buy it? Because we're not competitive. No. And I just can see a big wall of the stuff coming. Unless yeah. farmers can cope with it and put it somewhere and wait. I just see it coming at us in abundance. But yeah, I agree. could well yeah. be wrong, as usual. No, I think so. Anyway, so what should we do next? Submarine? That's no good, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I hope you grasp from that. And if you are able to see some of your land in some of our pictures, great. You can get see, yeah. see where the patches are. I don't think we're going to offend anybody. Most people can't recognise your fields. I'm sure there's some you know, sharp-eyed person who will. But the intent of the photos being out there is to show people the state of the crops and yeah. what we saw. And hopefully that gives you a On the whole, I thought it was good. I mean, it, you know, we're flying in Norfolk, some brilliant land. And it was... Not very good for yeah. the carbon footprint. But it was all in the name of research. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Anyway, cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get updates on new episodes and when they are released. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio, a full-service creative agency specialising in websites, digital marketing and branding. Get in touch to inquire with their friendly team on info at eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk.